You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. All right, welcome to the Video Marketing Podcast. I'm so ha- I'm so grateful that you're here. I-, I have been I've been trying very very hard the last two weeks um, to 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 try to figure out what I could bring to you that that would help you get through these times. Uh, And I feel like myself alone, even with all of the massive amounts of inspirational content I try to spread across social media, there's only so much that I can do. And I I firmly believe that perspective is the key to life. So I've been trying to think of who I could bring on. And and, and I sort of decided, I decided to tap Sterling's Sterling's here. Sterling is, is, is an old friend of mine. He, he's, a, he's a keynote speaker. He helps companies across the world innovate, pivot, and change better, faster, and smarter. And so when I was thinking about who I was going to bring on to sort of help me build a show that could truly help people in a way that was specifically relevant to now, like this time that we are in, Sterling came to mind. And, and I just thought a great conversation with him would really help so many people who are honestly, some people are reinventing their whole business model. Some people are at a point where and I'm, I'm sure Sterling, you'll have some perspective on this as we talk about who you've been speaking to over the past couple of weeks. Uh, but I've talked to businesses that literally are like, hey, Matt, like the tank is on empty. Like we're going to either go all the way right now or we're going to go out of business because that's the moment that we're in in the economy. So uh, I'm sure that a lot of you are scared out there and I understand. I feel you. Uh, I'm sure some of you are excited because change can be exciting if you've embraced that. Either way, I'm sure you could use some help. So anyway, Sterling, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to dig into this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to see you. We should tell people we know each other from high school, actually. So when we say years back, it's a lot of years. I mean, I don't know, 25 years probably. It's crazy, so, isn't it? You know, times change, time flies. And, you know, I think what we're looking at right now, I've never seen anything like it. I think most people today are looking at their business, their lives, their connections saying, yeah, it's, it's time for change. We're forced into something new here. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I've, I, I often make the argument when I'm trying to get people to sort of move into the video space that that's the space that they're in. Like they're, they're, they're being forced to change because the times are changing, but they still never felt that urgency. And now I think a lot of people are feeling that urgency. And, and even though I look at things through the lens of video, because video I feel like is the only way that we can connect with each other now. Um, at the same time, I, I just want to also just branch it out more broadly. I think maybe the best way to sort of start this out is, is just really sterling for us to just tell us a little bit about you, what, you, what, what your story is, and, 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 and how you sort of came to the world of innovation, which, which is what you give keynote speeches about across the world, specifically how businesses can innovate, which could not be more relevant now. So give me a little bit about your story about how you arrived there. Yeah, totally. Well, so I'm from central New York, obviously, and I grew up a fifth generation retailer. My parents had a grocery store right in Syracuse, New York. And so it's where I grew up and it was very connected to the community, very connected to people. And it was my dad that started one of the first loyalty programs, digital loyalty programs in the U.S. back in like the very early 90s. And 
this was really my kind of step into technology and entrepreneurship and new things because nobody had ever done it before. And I was, you know, teenager at the time. So we'd come back and we'd kind of talk about it or he'd share some stories over dinner around um, people that he was helping or people that had, uh, let's say, not supportive things to say about it. And when I graduated college, I got together with my dad and said, you know what, there's an opportunity to take this a step further to instead of just be capturing all this data, what if people paid different prices on different items? And now it's commonplace. I mean, everywhere you go, CBS is infamous for it. Everybody gets different offers and different products at different prices. But at the time, it was brand new. And so I grew up in this culture of creating new things. I went on, I founded a couple of companies, some very successful, some extremely not. And it was only about three years ago, I was at one of these low points, you know? And it was like a bad country song where the business I was working on fell apart and girlfriend broke up with me and uh, ran out of cash and all these bad things were happening. And I got an email from a conference in Singapore just inviting me to come. Uh, a paid attendee, right? Just like we receive hundreds of these emails every day and they say, $49, come to the conference. And my mom used to say this thing to me when I was a kid, which was the way out is through. It's actually a Robert Frost quote I know now. But I just got this thought in my head, it's like, I'm scared to speak in public. And the way out could be through. So respond to this email. I just said, why don't you speak? And somehow the conference director gets back to me. Um, I tell them what I want to talk about, innovation, how to innovate, creating innovation culture. So I've had a ton of experience with it. Long story short, talked them into having me across to Singapore. I was their closing keynote speaker. And apparently I blacked out. But apparently it was such a good presentation that he put me in touch with all of his friends. And all of a sudden, I had this career on my hands, and it was all of the understanding from working with literally hundreds of startups, doing some investments, starting them themselves. I now had this platform to talk and work with other companies to understand what it really takes to innovate and what it all means. And for the last couple of years, we've been doing exactly that. That's a great story. I love that. I love that the, the way out is through. Um, 100%. I always say the opposite, which is a which is sort of an old uh an old Buddhist way of thinking, which is that what you resist persists, you know, which is sort of the opposite way of thinking about it. Totally. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that is always present for me in talking about it is that innovation usually gets pigeonholed around technology. Like, oh, we need to innovate this new tool or we need to innovate the integration or we're going to be very innovative and now we're going to go online, right? And innovation is really much broader than that. I look at it as any significant positive change. So it could certainly be technology, but could also be team performance, could be financials, could be personal relationships. Innovation can really happen anywhere you're looking for a significant positive change. And it's usually those things that you're resisting, right? Or the things that um, are standing in front of you that occur as barriers 
which are so present these days, especially now, it's going through those things that is actually your access to innovation. It's kind of counterintuitive. I love this because it's a great bridge to what we're talking about today because I think that what a lot of people are faced with now is really at its most base level, they're faced with a choice point. So what are we going yeah. to do now? And even if we do listen to Sterling and we say, okay, now, okay, the way out is through, great, I'm going to go through, but how do I actually tackle that problem? What do you, do you have a sort of first step that you give to people uh, when they're sort of in this moment? And, and, and I know it's, 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 it's a sort of different yeah. sort of moment because I'm sure that on one side of the coin, you've, you've worked with a lot of companies who are saying, I want to innovate. And then on the other side, it's people that are like now forced to innovate because of competition or economical forces or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, innovation is typically a result of the circumstances around it. And that's what we'll work with companies on. Or what constraints can we put into place that are going to give us some significant positive result? But the first step is always has to be what is the process? What is the plan? Uh, a lot of times people, companies get caught up with, okay, well, we're going to innovate here. And then that becomes a new normal. And they don't do anything else. They just kind of iterate on that new normal fixing, adjusting, changing something that they already have. Now, if that's all that we're doing, the best we're going to end up with is a slightly better version of something that we already have. It's not innovation. It's not meaningful, it's exponential, it's not significant. So it's really about putting a process in place where on a regular basis, you continually look for, well, where can these big jumps in performance happen? And putting that process in place, whether it's on a weekly basis now or a monthly basis, or usually with larger companies, we'll do it on like uh, an annual or every six month basis, but a process where you're committed to those big gains, or you're committed to breakthrough growth over and over again. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's. I think that that's a good point because just just sort of wrapping your mind around what innovation is because it does take risk. It takes sacrifice sometimes. It takes big thinking. And I think that a lot of people yeah. think that they're innovating or are afraid to innovate and they end up simply changing something that they're already doing rather than truly innovating. Am I hearing you right there? Exactly right. And constraints are actually the only thing that gives us the ability to create or grow or even exist, period. And so the first step, once you have a process in place, is to look at, well, what are the constraints that we're operating on? And people get kind of funny with the constraints sometimes because it's easy to forget that we're under them constantly and all the time, just many of them, we just take for granted. For example, to have human consciousness, to exist as a human being, you need some semblance of a brain and body. And in this body, we're limited to the things that we have, right? We get two arms, octopuses, they get eight. And we get one stomach and a cow, I think they get three, right? So we've got these human constraints built into us already. And inside of business, it's the same thing. There are rules, there are structures in place that we've built as constraints, 
not to hold us back, but more as a mechanism to grow. There's this funny, um, well, maybe not funny, but this idea from uh, psychology around what's called the Peter, Sam, Peter Pan syndrome. And the idea is that young adults sometimes don't want to commit to a career and kind of live in this idea of having infinite potential of, yeah, I could be a doctor or a lawyer or an astronaut or a veterinarian or an engineer or anything else, but they don't want to commit to anyone because that's the thing with any innovation, any growth in general is you have to sacrifice infinite potential for the frame of reality. And it's a very scary thing to do. You know, that's part of the reason it doesn't feel good. You'll see it in companies a lot of times where it takes a long time to make decisions. Six months, 12 months, couple of years. Sometimes we even do it in our lives, right? Like, I know I need a new uh, tax attorney, but I'll do it tomorrow. And I'll do it tomorrow. And then years will go by and we don't make these decisions. Not just because we're not sure which one we're going to make, but it could just be because you don't want to give up that infant potential which is necessary. And we're in this situation now where there are many new constraints on us, right? And they happen extremely quickly with COVID-19's stay-at-home order that we've got now. It's just new constraint. And we can use these constraints for growth, to innovate, to go online, to work with you and do videos or whatever it is. Or we can look at them as something that's limiting our growth, not realizing that it's necessary the whole time. Yeah, that's where I sort of wanted to bridge into when, when, when you're forced into this yeah. moment like we are, because I love this idea that our restraints are our freedom. I used to always say this. Yeah. If, I, if, if anybody's read the book, they know that I used to do theater, but um, I did. I spent the first seven years of my life after I graduated college and I directed plays. And what I used to always say as a theater director is that it was just this magical thing because we were inside this box, a box that you know very well as a speaker, right? It's a stage. So there's, very, there's, very, there's a finite amount of things that we can do here physically, but those restraints are our freedom because they allow us these walls to bounce off of and do incredible things uh, because they, they can actually spark our creativity. So now we're placed in yeah. this, this, these, this new box, this new theater that we're in, this new set of constraints that we're in. Um, so let's, let's yeah. like get really practical now for, I mean, I could talk about theory forever cause I just love it, but like, let's get really practical. <laughs> if I am sitting here and I'm saying to myself, yeah. okay, I realize, I finally have realized that because I watch the news and I would highly recommend you community viewers out there. Don't watch too much news. I don't watch any, can't. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, if I'm sitting here and I finally come to the realization that pivot is necessary, pivot is, needs to be my new reality. I probably don't even yeah. know where to start. So where do I start? Yeah. Uh, so I think there's two things you have to do as the first step. The first is acknowledge the new limits, all the limits, but especially the new limits the new constraints that you're working under, which might be, ah, oh, well, I can't have a physical restaurant anymore. So we're now limited to something online or something not in the physical world, at least so far as getting people together. 
So what are those limits and articulate them? Maybe put them up on a whiteboard if you got it, or at least a sheet of paper so you can see like, okay, here are the walls under which we're going to stage this performance. The second piece is then speculate on just ideas of what you could do, what's possible. Now, the trick is don't get too intellectual about this at this point, right? Now it's just, uh, moment to really express well what could be possible if nothing else other than the constraints was true what could we do and it helps to i find like move around or play some music or maybe come back to it over a series of days because this is where you're starting to tap into your creative mind and it might hit you two days later while you're in the shower you might be like ah Here's a new idea, you can put it down, something that you never thought of before. Maybe somebody, nobody's ever thought of it before. Because when you embrace those constraints and you kind of uh, speculate or get creative around how to use them, this physiological thing happens in our brains actually. Disparate ideas that would probably never have the chance to come together do. And it's exactly because of those constraints, exactly because some of those things that make us uncomfortable, that we cross over into the unknown, the complex, the unseen chaos of potential that's all around us to create something new. And that's where it happens. And the first step is getting all those ideas out. Yeah. Let me keep going on the next. <laughs> I can just run you through the whole process if you want. No, no, that's that's great. I think it's great. I mean, you always, I, I also talk about it all the time when I'm talking about creating content. It's the same thing. You need to know exactly who you are and who you, more and more importantly, who you talk to, who you want to speak to, who your audience is yeah. to be able to craft what you need to yeah. craft for them. So I think even to add on to that, I've yeah. also found it helpful when I'm talking to people to get them back to their core elements. Like, why did you start this in the first place? What's your passion there? Can you articulate that? And then you can start to see the yeah. pieces of it. Because a lot of people have like, let's say you have a physical store and so much of your reality is yeah. around like selling products that are picked off of shelves. But then if you can start to think about the core reason you started the business in the first place, then it can start to unlock mm -hmm. things. For example, I was consult. Actually, oh, this is so funny. So I was consulting this. Yeah pet store in skinny atlas because somebody some old friend of mine on facebook <laughs> we're both from skinny atlas yes. sterling and i and i was just it just yeah. came to my mind oh my gosh i'm talking to somebody from high school i don't keep in touch with anybody from high school except for this man yeah. so anyway <laughs> um uh and so she, she was like matt would you talk to these folks they own this pet store in the village and they're just like trying to figure it out because their revenue has plummeted and I was like, yeah, I'll talk to them. So I got on the phone with them and that's where they were. They were like mired in all of these like technical things. Like, uh, like I can't sell this, yeah. I can't sell that. Like a huge percentage of my business was in something that doesn't exist anymore. And so, so now we're trying to figure out how to sell our stuff online. So I took a course about how to like run Facebook ads or something. And I'm like, you've got to just like peel it all. Like I just, I spent all the time just peeling it all back. And I was like, can we just go back to yeah. what you are, what you care about, and what you have to offer that other people now feel is a problem for them? Like, 
So who, who's your customer? What's their core problem? And how can you bring your passion and experience to that problem in, a, in an innovative way? And I think what it was, it, it was a breakthrough for them because they ended up coming up with this or like we sort of came together to come up with like an online course idea for them. I'm not working with them on it. It was just like, I was like, hey, you guys should offer this online course. Yeah. It's so value aligned with what you do, you know? And it's like, oh, wow, that's not selling dog bones. You're right. But it does have to do with your values, doesn't it? And it has very much to do with what you can uniquely offer and the problems people are facing now, yeah. you know, which are different problems than they had two weeks ago. That's fine. If you went and started a business on Mars with a bunch of Martians, Martians would have different problems than people on Earth and you'd have to start solving Martian problems. So what are the problems here, right? right. So, so having that homework done is also yeah. important, right? Not just the problems, but also do you, do you do some work with people like trying to tease out their zone of genius? Yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, with big companies, it's a little bit harder because it's sometimes generations back to somebody that yeah. started the company. But you, you're right. I mean, you've got to know the why, the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing. What's the core value that you want to bring? And the how and what you're doing today, today can actually change. There's this great story of a restaurant in Seattle. Actually, one of the places hardest hit in the U.S. is at least early on, right? Mm -hmm. And like many restaurants, they had to close and they were in this stay-at-home order. But the founder of the restaurant, it's called, I may mispronounce it, Addo, Addo, A-D-D-O is how you spell it if you want to check it out. He had what I would call an innovation mindset where he said, okay, well, now we've got new constraints. What are we going to do? How are we going to use those constraints? Now, the first step he took was a little bit different, although it's obvious, right? Okay, well, let's move online. But he didn't just move online. Is he worked with a provider to make the Instagram pictures that he put up clickable to a shopping page. So people could follow him on Instagram, say, wow, that sandwich looks really good. And in one click, have it in their cart ready to order. Okay, so he's got the kitchen staff and he's done what many restaurants have done, albeit a little more uh, intuitively and connected to his audience, right? The second piece is, I think, really cool because he could have just partnered with uh, Uber Eats or one of the other delivery services, but he said, no, I've got all these wait staff and I'm committed, a self-made constraint, I'm committed that we're not going to let these people go. So how can we, given that constraint, deliver on our why, deliver on our purpose of you know, feeding the people? And so what he did is all the people that were his wait staff have become delivery people. And so they've got their own cars and they're working with him and he knows them all very well and they've got the community and uh, they're good customers who they know so they can even have their typical waiter deliver their food for them. And he's built a business that is actually bigger than when this whole thing started. And it's just like, wow, that's, that's the potential of embracing those constraints and being really connected to, as you said, which is genius, right? Connected to the why and the how changes. That's great. I love, I love bringing that story in. That, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and I feel like there's no reason for every business to not be thinking in this way right now. 
Um, there's, there's very few businesses that it doesn't affect. Some businesses it's impacting positively because there's pivots that are being made by yeah. other businesses to serve other businesses. Um, and, then, and then obviously there's, there's all of the negative going on there. But, but I, I really feel like now it's so much more about connection. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of what I talk about when I talk about business in general is I talk about what if we looked at business as creating a community rather than uh, whatever, whatever else it would be, a money-making right. machine or something. Um, what if it was about, or, or, or even okay. just serving people in a, in a way which is, hey, I serve you. Like someone comes up to you, you serve them something, they go along their way. What if you looked at business like a community? This is something I've been preaching for years, and I think the businesses that are yeah. in this space now are in better shape because they've got the community to help support them. And then when they do that pivot, it's a little bit easier, just like you're yeah. talking about with this with this restaurant. But but it's not over. Like you're not over. Like you you can actually find it, it's easier than ever to create community online if you could if you go go out there and try to get it. Yeah. So 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 what do you what are you talking to people about these days? Yeah. I'm I'm sure you've been asked to consult a lot on these like little mini pivot strategies or bigger pivot strategies and like what sorts of things are people thinking about how are they building communities online like how is that working yeah well what you called out there is worth doubling down on that idea uh -huh. that it really is about the people and it is about the community so many entrepreneurs big businesses they will look at the competition and say, oh, well, what are they doing? And then try to copy that. And it might work. There is a place for that, really more so, I would say, inspiration than anything else. But if we're just looking at the competition, we may or may not be delivering on what our customer actually needs. And you're right, they're there. I've never been on so many video web conferences in my life as I've been on in the last couple of weeks and people are more engaged online than they've probably ever been before. I haven't looked at the Facebook or Instagram or YouTube statistics, but they've gotta be through the roof. Maybe, maybe you know better than I, right? It's gotta be maybe there's, not double. There's been a, there was a report everybody was, yeah. There was a report everybody was passing around a couple days ago um, that I think was saying that social media engagement was up 25%, I believe. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a little surprised it's not more than that, but nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, it probably you know, is. All, I mean, where does this data even right. come from? So. Yeah. But it's, it's a chance to say for many businesses, cause I mostly have worked with uh, offline businesses. Um, we've wanted to go online for years. We wanted to figure it out. Maybe we've dipped our toe in the water. Maybe we haven't, but you know, this is the, opportunity to do that whether you wanted that opportunity right now or not is isn't the question but people are more engaged online than ever before because we're starved for human connection so where do we get it now from other people online so i think the stage is set for any of the businesses that you're working with to say okay well how do we connect with that community how do we create some value for them online and maybe we transition our business a little bit or maybe we just connect and support that community for when we get back to whatever the new normal is that they're going to seek us out because we supported them right yes 
for sure. And also, I mean, I think it's a sea change in perspective about, about what we can be and what we can do. Um, and yeah. as, as businesses, because I, I think that if you just, if you just key in on the problems, I feel like, if you just think about yeah. those problems, you know, I mean, one of the things that I teach very early on in the book and that I always teach in everything I ever teach, blah, 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 is you get that persona of your customer avatar and your audience drilled down on. And a big piece of my framework for that is uh, listing pain points and wants and needs, et cetera. I would just urge everybody to sort of go back to that at this point. And, and because since, since entire lifestyles have shifted not just aspects of lifestyles i think it's worth revisiting that exercise listing out those pain points and then when you're in the shower as sterling says the next day you're probably you may think of ways to actually uh to actually like those those synaptic connections could actually could actually get made where you'll see oh yeah people are having a problem like for for this for this pet store for example they had this mobile dog grooming service. So they, uh, they would like take, they're like a fancy pet store, right? So like they would like, they had this big fancy van and they drove it around and they went to people's houses and they would get their pets, put them in the van and like give them this like, you know, they, they would make them look amazing, whatever that means. I don't know. I'm not a pet person. This is very studio. (laughs) It is. It's very, it's very skinny Alice. Yes. So, 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 and, and, you know, they, they also did pet sitting and they did dog walking and stuff. And like all of that is defunct. So all of those parts of the business are just out now. Nobody needs any of that, but let's think about the core problems here. Like people are still sitting at home with their pets that they have to take care of and working from home and taking care of their kids. Cause nobody can go to daycare or school <laughs> and, and, and work didn't shut down and, and, and they're still dealing with this, not to mention their pets still needed to get groomed every two weeks, but they can't have somebody else do it for them. Doesn't that become a new pain point? Huh? So then I started talking to them and I'm like, okay, so how often do people groom their pets? Cause I don't know. And they're like, well, every two weeks, really, you have to do it. And I was like, really? So how are these people going to do it? They're like, I guess they're going to do it themselves. I said, really? okay, do they know how to do it themselves? They were like, oh no, nobody has any idea. It's a mess. And I was like, oh really? What can you do to solve that problem? And all of a sudden it was like, whoa, there's a whole nother world here, right? It's so it's like, what are the new pain points? And this becomes a new pain point, ungroomed dog that you have to look at and and is like constantly jumping all over your lap while you're trying to email people all day. New pain point has to do with your passion and why you are a part of their lives in the first place. How can you meet that challenge? And, and sort of the same thing with the restaurant. How can, how can the restaurant meet that, meet that challenge? They're focusing in on community um, and uh, obviously j- just the chance that, j- just the idea that they were able to actually keep the same staff is, is, is obviously wonderful. There are delivery businesses that are still going. It's just, you have to figure it out, right? All of these, restaurants that i love i there's so many restaurants that i love and i have just been like for years i've been like why are you not on seamless i just want you to be on seamless and they just they're just not Mm -hmm. there because of the fees or whatever uh and now they probably wish they were because they would have established that seamless community you know because it is you know i mean that's why when i open up seamless it's like this is your go-to i'm like I am aware and I will be ordering from them again tonight because I like that consistency. So uh, yeah, 
and, and, and then it gets Whoa. difficult. But, but then it's like, how do you market that too? Like, how do you do all of this stuff? Is this something you've dealt with? How do you do all this in a compressed time? It's like, okay, so I'm thinking about pivoting. I'm thinking about innovating. I do all of Sterling's work. I do all of Matt's crap. I, go in, I get in the shower. Something amazing comes to me. I write it down. <laughs> I write it down. Yeah. It's true, though. I, I was reading a scientific article on this yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago about, about how, why, why you always get amazing ideas in the shower. There's science here. Um, but, but I go in the shower. I get this, I get this amazing idea. And, and then I actually, I get really motivated. I spend the next week of my life, like putting it together. I, I reorient the business and everything like that. We're still in COVID. We got like probably a month and a half, two months left of this crap. How do I like, then what? Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's all of a sudden overwhelming. You, you might actually hit this moment as a business owner, whatever the heck you are doing, you're where, where, where you're like, wow, I'm just like, I'm trying to do something so fast. It's so ambitious, so fast. How am I even going to get people to look at this? How, how, how are they going to pay attention to it? How am I going to market test it? Uh, how do I know if it works? I mean, this could be a roadblock for people. I mean, I could see people just throwing in the towel at this stage, just all of a sudden just, you know, which is probably something that happens a lot with innovation, right? Because it just feels too big. Is this something you hit? Right. So it's easier not to do. And yeah, I, I totally get it. You know, I'm watching many friends just pass their days away watching Netflix, which is fun. But at the same time, there's so much more that can get created out of their human potential in some of that time. Right. And human potential is essentially limitless. Like we don't know what humans are really capable of. A good example of that is athletes when they're, in some big competition, say the Olympics, they can regularly perform about 12% above where they train. So their best training ever is not equivalent to what they will do under the pressure of competition. And so there's really a mindset shift to say, can I embrace this pressure, embrace this discomfort, or am I going to let it crush? Because it can very easily do either one of those things. And it's in that potential, once we embrace it, we start to see new things that are available. Now, the key, I, I think it's easy to get overwhelmed with all of it, but I always look for measurable action. And with every client, at least ongoing client, we'll say, okay, well, what are the measurements that we're going to keep track of over time that actually make a difference? Because when you start measuring things, you start to see, well, I'm not doing as much as I thought I was. And unless you're measuring it, you're just looking at the result that might not be the result that you want saying, ah, oh, well, it didn't work. Because things masquerade as action. For example, making to-do lists sometimes looks like action or having a brainstorm or maybe making the right connection. All of those are important things to do but they're not real action that's really forwarding what it is that you're trying to do. So if, um, I don't know, I, this may be a mistaken analogy because you're the expert in the video content world, but I'll, I'll try to make it nonetheless and you can correct me. Uh, if you just put up a video day after day, you do a video every day and you don't look at how it's doing, well, there's nothing to change about it. And you just kind of could possibly 
be disempowered by the results. You know, that's where you kind of sink, sink into, oh, there's so much to do and I'm not getting the results. But as soon as you put some measurement to it and say, okay, well, this video, we did X, Y, and Z, and we got this many views. And the next video, we did something else and we got more views. What are the things that we can continue to do, actually take actions on, that's going to make a measurable difference? And when we're talking about videos or anything online, those measurements are so easy to see. It's just a matter of using them to grow, not using them to defeat ourselves before we've even started. Yeah. And that will help you decide what works. And then you can double down on what works. And so I feel like the main mental goal there is how do I double down on something that works? How, no, how do I, if we go back, how do I know what works? Can finding something that works be the goal? And, and, and just, just, just putting it out there and trying to make it happen. But you, you know what? It's hard. Like all this innovation stuff, it's hard. Because you don't know what's going to work, so it all feels a bit risky. But I would sort of posit that it's riskier to do nothing. I think there's no question. I mean, doing nothing is kind of an action in and of itself or an inaction, right? You're making a choice about what you're doing, even though you're doing nothing. Right, right. And I mean, I, I, I think that all people are still humans. All people are still doing stuff. <laughs> so we still have problems that need to be solved. They're just yeah. different. Right. And, you know, we talk about innovation or change as, as being hard. And it, it's worth looking at, okay, well, what do we mean by hard? Because it's not backbreaking labor in many cases. Um, most of us are in situations where we're fairly comfortable. We've got a roof over our head and we can feed ourselves. And is it really hard to brainstorm a new way to deliver value? I, I would say it's not hard, but it does take something. It takes some resilience internally to say, okay, yeah, I have to step beyond the status quo that I knew, that I liked, maybe I uh, was really comfortable in. But the situation now is calling me to do something else. And am I the kind of person that can have that resilience to have those brainstorms, to take those steps, to take those actions, whatever it might be? It's not physically hard, but it takes something. Yeah. I think that one of the themes, I think, I think that the theme, to take it back to the most practical way that someone listening to this can actually be like, okay, what am I going to do now after I leave, after I stop listening to this podcast? I think that, that there, there's, there's a few things. When we're in moments of panic, these like stress responses, I wrote this whole post the other day about stress response, uh, stress response and uh, how a lot of it sort of comes back from the old day when we used to be hunters and there were lions around the corner. Totally. And, and th that's why we have these reactions to things. So, so, so this is what happens when, our, when, when these things happen to our businesses or whatever it is um, when, when this situation happened. And our stress response to that probably is tactics. So like what, like, like what little like almost this, this idea that there's a bunch of poles, there's a bunch of holes poked in the water mattress that you're just like desperately trying to cover up. Um, but I think that the yeah. theme of this discussion has been, how do we just 
can we can we one believe in the process and take a deep breath take a step back and focus on the homework and trust and believe in the power of your mind to be able to make connections based on going back to that base level like why did i start this in the first place who do i serve what do they need and how can i help them from a from a place of true service and then those connections will start to happen and you start embracing yeah. mentally like mindset wise as sterling said here many times start embracing those that those walls that feel like a prison and turning them in your mind into the opposite of a prison <laughs> whatever that is you're surrounded by clouds which you could stay inside if you wanted or move outside if you want <laughs> yeah. well I, i've even been telling people uh, across the board doesn't matter who they are what industry they're in how big their company is but write these things down and post them somewhere you will see it on a regular basis i don't care if it's your bathroom mirror or your home office or a sticky note on the side of your computer but as you're connected to that why and the process around how to deliver on that you can't lose but it's totally easy to sink into the you know, as you're saying stress response, it's almost like you're drowning. Like, I don't know what world I'm in. I'm not used to this. So the natural response is just the tactics. But if you've got that there and present for you in the physical world, it kind of is a reminder to bring you back to it, to say, okay, what is this really about? And what's the next step, the next action I'm going to take? Yeah. Thank you so much, Sterling, for, for, for being here. I, I, I really think that this was useful for a lot of people. It's a good discussion. I'm really glad that we were able to have this show to give to, to my listeners that, that sort of will help them with this, you know, rather than just <laughs> me just going with my video schlocking all the time. You know, I mean, like, I think that a, a, a lot of people are, are, are dealing with bigger issues here right now. I think that, and, yeah. and I, I honestly think that video is the answer to a lot of this because this is how we can connect with people online. But unless we have a conversation like we had today, we can't even get there. And so that's why I think it's really important to just to first talk about why we innovate and how we can innovate in this in this sort of in this sort of space so thank you for being here where can we find out more about you and what you do yeah thanks for having me on uh, my website sterlinghawkins.com and i'm on most all social media as sterling hawkins so you know instagram facebook linkedin uh, most of the rest of them so i'll look forward to seeing you guys on there however i can be helpful i'm i'm gaining support We'll get Sterling on TikTok. I haven't tried to get him on it, but I'm sure that he's seen my content everywhere, desperately trying to get everyone yeah. on, on TikTok. Yeah, I think I'm about three days away from dancing on TikTok. So that's when I I've do gone not dance. I do not dance. I have, I have thousands of followers and I've never danced. I'm telling you, yeah. it's just about being authentic, which, which you're amazing at. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. I digress. Well, All right. Thank well, you. Your, your job is to get me on TikTok. My job is to get you dancing on TikTok. How about that? <laughs> See, that would be easy. <laughs> I mean, like I'm a theater guy. I just don't like it, but you know, I could do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. like all of a sudden my, all of a sudden my, my, my competition like gets so much bigger on TikTok. It's like me and these like 
it's like all of these quarantined high schoolers that are like busting this stuff out right now. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Sterling. And thank you all for, for, uh, for, for being on the podcast with us this week. I hope that it was valuable for you. Please subscribe. If you did get value, I'd love to continue to deliver this to you uh, every week as, 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 as I'm here. And, and please don't watch too much news. Do something for yourself today, tomorrow, the next day and forever and be good to yourself. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to you next time.